Each year, um, Jewish people have a festival called uh, Sukkot. And it means the Feast of, of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Tents, or the Feast of Booths. And they had this feast. It was a, it was a feast that God told them to, uh, to, the observe, to observe. And they had, they had this feast so that they would remember the tents um, that they lived in after they were liberated from slavery in Egypt. And it's just so perfect, eh? Because we're, now we've just entered spring, we're in the month of September, and the feast of uh, Sukkot actually begins in two weeks' time, on the 20th of September. And it's quite cool. So in this feast, families would build forts <laughs> or, or tents or tabernacles, and they'd live in these tents for seven days. And so they have this, they have this feast, and it's a time to remember the tents that the Israelites dwelt in, and also speaks of the covering of the Lord, dwelling in the shelter of the Lord, uh, just like that psalm that uh, Elena and I read from under, in her fort, dwelling in the shelter of the Lord. It speaks of his safety, it speaks of his security, it speaks of his guidance and, and his provision. And I think this is really, really cool for us. And I think there's a, there's a message in, us, in, in this uh, for us in, in the land of New Zealand, actually. I think this is like a, a national thing. Because our country um, is, is also known as Aotearoa. And I mean, I don't know if you can remember as far back as, as before lockdown began. I mean, it's only a few weeks, so I'm sure you can. But there was a whole lot of debate going on. And it was a bit, it was all a bit silly. But, uh, you know... We have this name of our country, New Zealand, but in, uh, in Māori it's uh, Aotearoa. And it's a beautiful name, and it's a name we, we can embrace. It means the land of the long white cloud. And I just want to read to you the, this description, uh, the story of the meaning. And it comes from um, the uh, Teara website, so the um, New Zealand Encyclopedia. And it says, the most popular and authoritative, the, the most popular, ah, sorry, it's not coming out of my na- out of my <laughs> it's not coming out of my mouth right, just like on a normal Sunday. The most popular and authoritative su- uh, meaning usually given is long white cloud, and there are two stories current to illustrate this. It seems the voyages to New Zealand were guided during the day by a long white cloud. <laughs> It seems the voyages to New Zealand were guided during the day by a long white cloud and at night by a long bright cloud. Oh my goodness. The more usual one tells how when Coupe was nearing land after his long voyage, the first sign of land was the peculiar cloud hanging over it. Coupe drew attention to it and said, surely this is a point of land. His wife, Hinete Aparangi, called out, hey eo, hey eo which means a cloud, a cloud. Later, Coupe decided to call the land after his wife's greeting to it and the cloud which welcomed them. Come on, this is so cool. The land Aotea was given both to the Great Barrier and to the North Island, but later became Aotearoa, presumably, presumably because of its length. Isn't this is so cool? If you've been tracking with us over the last couple of months, we've been journeying with the Israelites as they've uh, been liberated from slavery and oppression in Egypt, uh, and God has set them free and has now led them into, into the wilderness where they are under, under God's own hand. So in Egypt, they were under the hand of Pharaoh and the oppression of, of, um, of the evil realm, you know, of uh, 
of evil people and evil spirits. And now they're in the wilderness under the hand of God himself. And in, as they are led out from Egypt, we hear that God led them out with a cloud of smoke by day and a cloud of fire by night. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? And this is how, this is how God led them. I'm going to read from Exodus 13. I'm just going to switch from my iPad over to my, over to my paper copy Bible because I love reading from this one. This is from Exodus 13. So God is leading the people of Israel and it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. It's just amazing. So God himself lead, leading them. And I think like Anna and Dave, your talk last week was, was so beautiful. And uh, you talked about how the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. And then Dave, you showed this picture of how, of how difficult it would have been in the natural for the Israelites to find their way through, through the maze of the wilderness. And so having God's own presence guiding them uh, by, you know, this pillar of cloud by, uh, pillar of cloud of smoke, pillar of the cloud of smoke by day and the cloud of fire by night guiding them was so, so important. And this is like this, there's this incredible uh, theme that we see throughout scriptures of, of the cloud of God's presence. Later on, the Israelites um, are led by God to um, Mount Sinai. And, and the Lord meets with them on Mount Sinai. And we read about how God's, uh, God's presence uh, actually comes down uh, upon Mount Sinai um, to meet with the people. So again, I just want to read from this. Switching over from iPad to, uh, to paper copy Bible. So we're reading from uh, Exodus 19 verse 16. It says, On the morning of the third day there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in the thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. If you remember back uh, a couple of months when we began this journey in Exodus, I, I talked about how uh, the main point of this of this journey is um, is to meet with God, is, is to be to be in His presence. Yeah, like they they they're liberated. I mean, this is this is who God is. God is a God of God of freedom. So when we're in His presence, we're we're set free. God provides for them. When we're in His presence, He provides for us. God, uh, you know, he leads them to the promised land. So in his presence, there, there's promise, there's future, there's a hope. And he leads them out with the, uh, with the cloud by day, cloud of smoke by day, cloud of fire by night, leads them out 
into the to the mountain, and then it's like the, the cloud. I can't imagine it, but the cloud a cloud of uh, fire and smoke then kind of like come together on this mountain to meet with the uh, where the Lord wants to meet with His people. And as we read the story, we just we discover that the people are so afraid that that they 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 tell Moses, "No, you go meet with God because we we don't want to unless he unless he kills us." And so instead. Instead, then you have this group, a small group of people that end up being the ones to meet with the Lord. But really, it's God's intention, God's intention to meet with everybody. And so then he like graciously gives, gives them a way of, of meeting with them. So at, the, at Mount Sinai, there's a whole lot of instructions given. Uh, you know, it's really interesting because God has been uh, physically leading them through the, through the wilderness with his very own presence. And then we get to the mountain and then he guides them uh, by giving them his own, uh, the law, which they call like, the word of God, the word of God. So these, these are words that, uh, that, that guide us even to this day. But let's just stay on, the, stay on that theme of the cloud. So then we, uh, we jump forward in, in Exodus uh, it's really interesting that the book of Exodus has 40 chapters. They were you know, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. So we get to the end of the book of Exodus. And now, they, now they, God has kind of blessed them with instructions of, of a tent to build. A fort, if you like. A tent. And it's the tabernacle or the tent of meeting. And then... Um, they, when they have built the, built the tent all to God's careful, you know, God's careful instructions um, underneath and, and that covenant of God that he's made with them, it talks about how the glory of the Lord fills, fills, the, ta- uh, fills the tabernacle. And this is Exodus 40 verse 34. It says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent because of... Uh, Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because of the because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and the fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. It's just I just keep keep thinking about how like the purpose of of the cloud and and and, uh, and how God leads them with His very own presence, kind of where where His uh, cloud stays, they stay. Where the cloud where the cloud moves on, they move on. They're led by it by by day and and by night. Also, just like a a side thought that's been coming to mind as I've been thinking about it. But when the people of Israel uh, were set free from Egypt. It says they, they left in such a hurry that they didn't even have time to you know, bake their bread. And so I kind of wondered, well, did they have time to, uh, to, get, you know, to get their tents together? Did they have tents? And I think that they didn't. And so I think that God himself becomes their tent in the wilderness until they've got a time that they can actually build their own, uh, build their own tents or build their own structures. It's just, just my imagination. I might be wrong. We'll find out one day. But the sense of like God Himself leading them. So if I don't know if you can remember all the way back to Pentecost Sunday. It was quite a long time ago, twenty third of twenty third of May. But in, on twenty on, on Pentecost Sunday, I talked quite a lot about the, uh, about the fire of the Lord. 
And, and I think a lot of this message that I'm sharing today is actually similar, similar passages. I talked about uh, you know, Moses at the burning bush and the fire of God on that burning bush and then the fire of God and the, and the cloud leading them up the fire of God um, in, the, um, in the tabernacle. And then the, the next one is in the temple. This is like in Second uh, Chronicles five. I'm not going to read the read the whole thing, but they've they've spent a lot of time building a temple, uh, a temple um, where they can meet with the Lord. It's not going to be a place where you know the Lord is contained. I mean, He's the God of the universe. A temple can't contain Him, but it's more of a place where He's like graciously allowed Himself, uh, graciously made this uh, kind of allowed this place where people can meet with Him. And with this incredible passage in Second Chronicles. Chapter 5, where the glory of the Lord fills the temple. So, like, you've got to set the scene a little bit. Like, the Ark of the Covenant has been placed in there. Like, this is, uh, we, only, we, only, we can only come into God's presence in the in covenant uh, through what he's done. And then it talks about the, the priests who, who prepared themselves, consecrated themselves, they set themselves apart. And then we have, we have singers, we've got uh, trumpeters. And they're like singing and worshiping God, praising the Lord, giving thanksgiving to the Lord. Actually, I will read this part. It says, um, it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison and praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised, the trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments and praised the Lord, this is what they sang. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. The house, the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud. So that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house. They could not stand. They could not stand because the glory of the Lord filled their house. And me, I mean, I'm, I love, I love to worship. I love to lift my voice and worship. So this, the whole, the whole scene of like lifting up, lifting up with their voices in unison. For He is good. God is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Just incredible scenes, but all all of it so far is like um, you know images of of cloud, uh, images of of smoke, and then in the New Testament, Jesus turns up, God Himself, God in the flesh, like uh, um, uh, God, you know, who looked like looked like one of us, looked like a looked like a person. No, He was a person, God in the flesh, and and Jesus went about. Went about his business, inaugurating, announcing the kingdom of God, saying, "Good news! God is drawing near. God is here. His kingdom is advancing. Good news: salvation, freedom, healing, eternal life." And then there's a scene which uh, it's the final scene that I want to want to share share today. So this comes from um, Luke chapter nine. Verse 28. And so, so far, Jesus has been, like I said, like he, he's, he just looks like everybody else. Um, you know, wearing his, wearing his robes, wearing his sandals, just looking like everybody else. And then we have the scene where it's almost like, almost like um, Jesus is revealed in, in all of his glory. And, and it's, it's a bit of a mystery to me because he only, he only allows this to happen, happen this one time. And it only, and then it happens, and it's, and it has to be kept a secret. And it's also that Jesus's purposes can be fulfilled, so that he um, will then go to the cross and, and take upon himself our sins. But there's this one scene where it's like Jesus revealed for who he is. 
Okay, so let's look at what happens. This is um, in uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 28. It says, Now about eight days after these sayings that Jesus has been teaching his disciples, it says, He took, he took with him Peter and John and James. Thank you. I get invited. And went up on the mountain to pray. And as he, as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah. I just think it's so cool. You know, we've been talking about Moses and, and how Moses encountered the Lord at the burning bush and then was led by the Lord in the wilderness. And now Moses is meeting with Jesus on this mountain. The two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. Like, isn't this crazy? You've got like, Jesus who's uh, like dazzling white. Or I, I remember reading in a different translation, like the appearance of like lightning, flashes of lightning. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory in the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. And as he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. Like what a, oh my goodness, what would have had, what would have, what would have been like on that mountain? Like there's so many questions that I've got. How could these three guys be on the mountain? And like with Jesus meeting with Moses and Elijah, and they fall asleep. What's going on? And then, and then Peter, like he makes a statement. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And it says, not knowing what he said. And uh, people have kind of raised all kinds of reasons why, uh, you know, why he probably shouldn't have said it. And I don't know. I mean, the scriptures don't say he shouldn't have said it. But, but perhaps like he was, he was kind of going, oh, Jesus, you're, you're equivalent to these guys. But... But, but God is like going, no, God is, God is, Jesus is not equivalent to Moses and, and Elijah. He's, he's God. He's greater than God. He's greater than them. And then we have, the, have this thing. So Peter, Peter says this, like, oh, let's build tents. And then instead of a tent, the cloud of the Lord comes and overshadows them. And they were afraid and they entered the cloud. And again, like this, is, this reminds us of, of the people of Israel when they met God at, at Mount Sinai and they were too afraid to go up into the cloud of his presence on the mountain. But here we have, have these guys, Peter, John and James, meeting with God along with Moses and Elijah encountering Jesus. And then the, and then, and then the father himself saying, this is my son. This is my chosen one. Listen to him. And I, I don't know if you've been listening, like tracking with us, but was it last week or the week before? I think it was the week before I was talking about the baptism of Jesus and how Jesus was baptized and then he comes out of the water and the father says, this is my son. 
So again, like we have this, that the Lord, the, the affirmation of the Father. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to him. And I think this is. I just want to. I'm going to wrap up now. But um, there's there's a few things that I think the Lord really wants us to hold on to today and in the season. <laughs> I just think it's so amazing that we're called the land of the long white cloud. You know, Aotearoa, which was named after after you know the the. the um, the, the discoverers are journeying and they see the, the cloud. I just want to go back and read it because it's so awesome. Guided, you know, the voyage, original voyages guided during the day by a long white cloud and at night by a long bright cloud. It's almost like, almost like Exodus itself. Lord, what have you got for us? Well, there's a few things. One, one, we've got to be listening to the Son. We've got to be listening to God's Son. This is what, this is what the Lord says when he, when he overshadows um, the lads on the mountain. This is, this is my Son, my chosen one. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. This season, we're in the season where there's, just, there's so much change going on. And like Jesus, He repeatedly says in, in the Gospels, you can build your life on my words. My words are a firm foundation. Build your life on my words. You can trust me. Build your life on my words. His words are life. His words are eternal life. And the, and the, next, the next part that I really want us to hold on to is about, um, about trusting that we, we, we come under his shadow. We come under his cloud. And in this place, this place is a place of... Uh, Yes, it's a place of presence. It's a place of encountering the Lord. It's also a place, a place of guidance. To know, uh, to know what we are meant to do. The Lord will li- like leading us through, through, through wilderness places, through places we haven't been before, through uh, frightening places, through, through the valley of the shadow of death. He leads us. He guides us. His presence is with us. Proverbs, uh, th- Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 8 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean. do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Such good stuff, eh? All connects in with, the, with building forts in the lounge. Or the feast of Sukkot, you know. I really love the uh, how the the Passion translation renders uh, Psalm ninety-one. It's just it always grabs my attention. It says, "When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me. The only God for me, my great confidence." He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms, the arms of the Father around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night. You won't have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. 
whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil launched against you, for God will keep you safe and secure. They won't lay a hand on you. <laughs> I'm getting so excited, I keep getting closer to the camera, which I think is cropping the top of my red hat off. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, a secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they will be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover. Church, I feel like this is for us. Capital Vineyard Church. Because you, because you have delighted in me as my great lover, I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. And you will find and feel my presence, even in your time of pressure and trouble. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. You will be satisfied with a full life and all that I do for you, for you, will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Our Lord, thank you that you are with us in this season. Lord, thank you for your covering over us. Thank you that you are leading us. Thank you that you are guiding us. Thank you, Lord, that you are our tent. You are our tent of meeting. Lord, and I, I pray for, for everybody that's uh, join, listening, everybody that's joining in today, that we would all encounter you, that we would encounter your presence, that we would encounter your words of eternal life, Lord. That you build that foundation in our, li- in our lives and our hearts that can't be shaken, Lord. And those storms might come against us. Pandemics might come against us. People might come against us. But we are secure in you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. 